Welcome to From the Rookie End. Happy New Year, Jason first. Happy New Year. And is it a Happy New Year, Mike? Get that microphone out of my face before I ram it up your blooming... Hello, welcome to From the Rookie End. Uh, three Life and What fans, uh, season that holds the Rookie End. And um, <clears throat> we've got to talk about two games in this podcast. And look ahead to the uh, transfer window. <sighs> Crystal Palace, 1-1 at home. And Spurs, 4-1 at home. I'm going to really stress that one. I think then, Mike, it's important. Overall, though, Mike, we sort of this was what they, this is what was going to happen. This, this, these are the results. We thought we were going to get a draw and a win maybe against Palace, especially when they had Anadice come in, and we thought we were going to lose against Spurs. Nothing, nothing's horrendous, is it? Yeah, because uh, <laughs> there were two shambolic, uh, shambolic performances. I think uh, to a lesser degree against Crystal Palace, we didn't look like we knew what the plan was. We came up against a side. Yes, there was the new manager bounce, and that was always going to be always going to be different and difficult. But we didn't really know uh, what what the plan was there. We could have been two 0 down, and that could have gone on. We would have comfortably gone on to lose that game. Um, and then today against Tottenham Hotspur, we weren't competitive for a single second of the of the match. We we kind of kept them at bay for the first 20 minutes but that's all we did they were just sort of sounding us out sort of keeping us at arm's length working out what to do with us basically um, and when the first goal went in the shoulders went down from 1 to 11 and it was it was pathetic and yeah we're all feeling grumpy we're all hung over it's New Year's Day it's cold it's wet it's, it's rainy and no one likes losing to Tottenham Hotspur but to lose in that fashion is appalling absolutely appalling there's no excuse for not being competitive and for, for huge swathes of that game Watford were just nowhere near competitive awful <sighs> that's the mic we love isn't it <laughs> right Jason let, let's, let's, go, let's go through the two games then let's start with the, with the Palace game definitely game too hard yeah absolutely and um, what Mike's been referencing in today's game about sort of a, a lack of fight and a lack of passion and desire whatever that was very much prevalent I think in the first half against Palace Second half, we came out and we had a we had a bit more about us. We had a bit more fight and a bit more passion, and I think that's what's one of that is what won us the point. We did we didn't necessarily play technically any better, but we had a bit more fight and, and got the penalty and yeah and got the point that we probably deserved. I didn't think Palace were that much better than us if at all. But the the the, the problem was we could have been. 2-0 down by half time and that probably would have been game over so we got away with, we got away with one there yeah and and I think we did we were good for the point and the second half performance was much improved I think that that's fair to say it's also fair to say that Palace are, are dreadful and they're in a, an appalling appalling run of form you know the alarm bells were there after during that game and after it that we scraped scraping a point's maybe a little bit harsh we battled and fought for a point against a team who is really, really bang out of form. Um, and that, that was a concern. And therefore, I don't think anyone was going into the game with Spurs with any, any hope. Any hope so, at all. So why are you in a mood? Because, because you don't expect to win a game, but you can expect to see a certain level of performance. You, expect, you do not expect to see shoulders go down when you concede one after 20 minutes. When, was it 20 minutes? I don't know. You know, this is a this is a professional, supposedly elite football club. You know, with athletes who have been sort of sourced from around the around the globe, who are supposed to be doing a job live on television in front of a billion people. And as soon as the going gets tough, they bottle it, absolutely bottle it, and that, that's unforgivable. I'm trying to think of something. By the end of the podcast, I don't want. I don't, I'm not saying, Mike, that we need to get you out of the the annoyance of Watford. Just something that we can get him in a happy place. I, well, I, when it got to three 0 I was playing 
last goal wins. Oh so, yeah. Uh, yeah, last so, goal wins, Mike. So, we yeah. won. So, <laughs> and what a goal! Um, I mean, assist from Hugo Lloris. In, in, <laughs> if you're looking for if we're looking for any sort of mitigating yeah. circumstances, then Zuniga gets what injured in the warm up, I yeah, assume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, so that that necessitates a, a shuffle round, and I don't think. I think Takuri ended up playing in a position that he probably might not have played had the had the initial starting lineup been come to fruition. And you know, the poor bloke, he looked like a guy. You know, it's a tired and tired, tired old phrase these days. But he looked like a guy who'd won a competition. Well, let, let's it's, okay. It's, let, let, can we, let's 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 finish Palace first. Right, so in terms of Palace, yeah. the fact is that the second half was battling, and that actually that gave me an element of confidence. I was unfortunately in a pub in Lewis. I was the only one watching the entire game and I scared the living daylights out of the barmaid when I yelped and when, when Dini got his 100th goal. Yeah, That's important. Yeah, congratulations, Troy. Apart from Palace, let's, let's, let's go through today a little bit. The first one, Jason, when we, before we, we saw that uh, Zuniga was injured and Decore was there, and that was sort of, like, let's, let's see what he's doing. We saw him at Stevenage and we were a little bit excited because when he came on in that second half at Stevenage, he added pace all of a sudden to the game. I thought, oh, maybe this will be something a bit more dynamic. Who knows? But he started off as a front three and then all of a sudden he went, there, went behind and, and, and he, he seemed to be doing stuff and be part of the game. And then he went behind Dini and Agarlo and he disappeared a bit. He looked like a player that hasn't played football, or competitive football for a long time. And that's exactly what he was. Um, when when we saw him at Stevenage, I, I think I, I certainly thought it, and I might have mentioned it on the podcast that uh, perhaps he could be the one to to challenge Capu um, this season for his starting spot. Not on that evidence today. It was him, and and to be fair, the same could probably be said of Cathcart today. He looked not at the races because he's not had a proper competitive start for so long just come back from injury the pair of them struggled I think on, on that basis it was just a, a game too early for them I think or certainly for Cathcart and for and, and Decore just yeah it, at times the game just seemed to pass him by it was a game too early I think for that many players to come back maybe for Watford not only was there not only was there a lack of belief a lack of passion there was the there were mistakes all over the place as well. Guardiola, I'm afraid, again gave it away in midfield. You see what's going to happen. He gets the ball. There's two opposition midfielders converging on him. The sensible thing is get the ball away from your feet early, play it, play it lateral, get it wide, or just lump it away. And too often he either turns back inside, and we've seen it time and time after again. He's dispossessed. Deli Alley hits the crossbar, and then from the result in the next passage of play, the ball's in the back of the net. But do you not think, though, the whole thing about Guardiola... Uh, you know, God love him for. There were mo- there was a couple of moments where you know he's battle, he battles, he battles, he battles, and it's very easy to sort of go, oh, doesn't he try hard? Yes, but not. You're not. He's not good enough. He's a mid. He's but, a mid- but, but 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 yeah. But the thing is, then, why is he playing? Because he has to. Yeah. There isn't anybody else. So we are have our limitations. So going back to us thinking we we're going to lose to Spurs, why do we lose four-one to Spurs? Because we have to put a player like him in, who isn't going to be the who shouldn't be a starting player he should be the energy that man has he should be coming on and add a bit of fight a bit of something to a game when we need it I don't, I don't think he should even I don't think he should be coming on I don't think he offers enough he's not rounded enough as a, even as a squad player to be a Premier League Premier League football I've got nothing against the bloke as a you know I don't dislike him he's just not good enough and sometimes I think we have to be, and it's not just because we've lost. I think we just have to be blunt enough and honest enough to recognise that some of the squad members aren't aren't good enough. And Jace made the point there about uh, Decore being brought in to, to push Capu. 
Kapu's been absolutely anonymous for two months. Mm. And that's why Decore was brought in to push him, but he's got nowhere near. Ben Watson's unfortunately got in, in, in some sort of situation. I hope everything's all right with him and he's unable to come in, but I don't think Matsari fancies him anyway. Barami's injured. We've man- somehow managed to manufacture a situation where we're not able to field a competitive side. All right, you know, there are injuries. Yes, people do rack up bookings, especially at this time of year. But really, I don't think it's good enough that that... that, that but that team should have been... Uh, capable of putting in a better performance that isn't a, that isn't on paper a side that you'd look at and sort of breathe through your teeth and think oh crikey no, we're going to get humped so that that makes it all the more galling but there were mistakes today Kabul made a mistake believe it or not Pruddle made a mistake for the for yeah. the fourth straight away that just completely you know three nil down the game's gone anyway but four nil after 45 minutes and 30 seconds whatever it was is just just summed it up summed it up perfectly but I would say three out of the four goals were completely completely avoidable so you add that into to the lack of lack of spirit and effort and really you've got to ask questions from from top to bottom about why that is why that is allowed to happen on you know an absolute marquee game it's 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 new year's day it's on tv it's against tottenham it's one that all the supporters want to be you know harry kane england's england's number nine everything's there if you should be wanting to this is the this is the pedestal this is the stage you want to be on and once you get that pathetic A podcast made by Watford fans fans for Watford fans from the rookery end. We did make mistakes, Jase. We've been to the the red line and and watched the the goals again. Yeah, we were playing a very good Spurs side who have been developed over a period of time. They've got players who are on their peak of their performance. Because if we go now... And, and sit and watch the Sky Sports reaction to this and we watch the paper reaction tomorrow, will they be talking about how bad Watford are? No. They'll be saying, ooh, look at Spurs. Spurs are back. Spurs are possibly going to be pushing for the title. Mm. I mean, yeah, yeah they've, um, this result's come off the back of a 4-1 win at Southampton. Um, and, yeah, they are good. And there are probably two players that stood out for me today. One is the obvious in Harry Kane. His movement is what we lack I think up front sometimes you see he's dropping short to get the ball he's getting beyond our back line look at the first goal he just loses his man so so easily um, and it's not just sort of vertical on the pitch he's uh, left to right as well he's all over the place and he's just so so hard to mark um, the other one for me I mean he's an unsung hero for them I think he never gets mentioned and that's Son and he just uh, he can turn and he's away. He's just got such such good acceleration and good control of the ball to go with it. He's two very sort of uh, two qualities that sort of go hand in hand to make a, a very good footballer. And he just doesn't get the credit he deserves. And again today, I thought he was he was outstanding. But even then, I, Deli Ali got two goals. But other than that, right every, right when time. he yeah right t- right place right time. But there were times when he got the ball in threatening positions and then just seemed to run into trouble and we seemed to cope with him fairly easily um, and the, and it was Trippier again it was Trippier who for me Trippier was the one for me who you know the ball he was out wide he was pinging it in he was the one who made all the, the real issues and when you have someone on the end of that you have a man getting the ball into the box Michael yeah. and you have a man on the end of it who can put it in the back of the net yeah. wouldn't that be an amazing thing to have isn't that what we're missing yeah, we're missing. Well, we're missing an awful lot. We're missing. Uh, we're missing a midfield. 
is is the is the be all and end all as far as I'm concerned. We haven't got a functioning midfield at all. Um, the gap between defence and, and strikers is far was far too great, um, and we're seemingly we're we're getting increasingly unable to bridge that gap. We're unable to transition from from front to back and give give Troy Gala whoever's up front any sort of meaningful possession, meaningful possession or chances. They're just not the, the best chance on goal apart from the the, the goal was a Trippier back pass. That was, you know, that was the most threatening thing Lloris had to deal with. And Harry Kane's second goal, where he sort of ghosted in and sort of karate kicked it in. Mm. Dini had a similar chance at the other end when he was slightly... It was a very, very difficult chance and the anger was such it was he was never going to get to it really. But who was there clearing it away? Harry Kane. And, you know, Dini got done by Harry Kane when he had a similar chance to Harry Kane. So that kind of sums up where we're at. I mean, if, it, if we're comparing this to Tottenham absolute poles apart they they didn't have to do they didn't have to get out of second third gear at all today um, all too often Watford have done this we've we've a team has looked ordinary yet has absolutely d- dismissed us but I think that midfield area is is grave 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 cause for concern from the rookery end Mike's surname is Parkin and his son called Arlo and this is our feature Michael Parkinson. Once again, it's time to welcome Arlo to the podcast. Hello, Arlo, and Happy New Year. Hello. Now, today Watford have lost 4-1 against Tottenham. What did you think of that? Quite good and quite bad, really. When they did start really good, then Tottenham scored two through that half, and then they scored one more. That was the last goal, and then Watford scored in the last minute. That's a very good description of the game. Now, the question I have for you, Arlo, is some Watford supporters think Walter Matsari, the Watford manager, should be sacked, should be asked to leave. What do you think? No. You think Watford should keep him? Yes. Okay, Arlo, thanks very much for joining us. Bye. Believe in your soul. You got the power to know. You indestructible. Always believe in You're listening to From the Rookery End. Jason, we've been to the, the pub for Mike uh, met up with us, and we met John and Smithy. John was very adamant when he first saw us, and he said, "Walter out." Are you there yet? We we had the last podcast that we did together. We sort of said no, not yet. Are you are you there yet? Anywhere near there yet? In the um, postcode? <clears throat> I tell you what, I th- my my thoughts are after today is that if the pots say see that, they're not going to stand for that, are they? That they they're not they're not going to stand for a a performance that shows a lack of passion and determination and fight. Following on from a similar first half performance against Palace, they're going to. They're not just going to sit there and hope that everything's going to be all right once the injuries are sorted out. Are they? They're in a difficult situation. If they are looking at this, I'm sure they will be. We've got a transfer window. The transfer window is now. So they either get the players in and trust Walter with what they get in straight away. If they're going to make a change, if they leave it till two or three weeks then you've got a week of transfer window and very little time for a, a man to put his own influence on a, on a team I, it's a, I think the, this rocky form 
has come at a bad time um, and made it very, very difficult. For me, I, I, th- I think it would be harsh to, to let him go, but he needs to, he needs to step up. And, he, and the, the trouble, we talk about injuries, but is it his fault that we're getting all these injuries? People have talked about medical. We, we covered this the other day. What are the training sessions like? What are we doing training? That means we've got so many different types of injuries going on. Two in the first 10 minutes against Palace. One in the pre-match warm-up today. What is going on? Is, is that down to Matsari and the coaching staff and their training methods? If you, if you overlay this season onto last season, not only are we, are we what, six, seven points adrift of what, we, what we'd achieved this time last season, you throw the injuries into that, which has been absolutely chaotic and has meant we haven't managed to play a, the same team have we done it all season? I don't know. I'll have, to, I'll have to check that. But but we haven't. You know, the team is constantly changing. And that was, and that was the point I made to to John in the pub when he said, literally, "Are you the podcast boys?" Yes. Oh, Matsari out was the point he wanted to make. And I sort of get where he's going from that. But I said to him, "I can't sit here and talk to you and say you're right because we haven't seen a consistent team because of injuries, because of suspensions, yeah. because of actually some players coming in at the beginning of the season near the end of August." I can't actually put my hand on my heart and say it's down to him. But I would argue that the um, discipline, the amount of number of suspensions we've had, Britos is out, you know, OK, he's a centre-back, picking up five yellow cards isn't, isn't a great surprise. But poor form, lack of spirit and, and inter- determination, injury and suspension. Dis- discipline, it was why he was brought in. He, was, had, this, he had this reputation as a, a strong, strict disciplinarian. And if they're not sort of getting in a mood with each other, they're having a go at the ref. Now, if you if you weigh up those three things and put them over last year, at this time last year, we were all thinking about Europe. And Kike, you know, we weren't playing the most amazing footballer in the world, but we were defending well, we were solid, we were difficult to beat, we didn't have discipline issues, we barely lost anyone, anyone to injury. So if you compare that to now, and I know that's not the right thing, but we know what the Pozzos are like. They, they're, it's not quite money ball, but they, they're not scared to make a decision uh, based on what they're seeing or what they think is going to happen. So if you take all those three things into consideration, the football's appalling, the players are dropping like flies and they're, get, and they're getting suspended. So who, you know, who, takes to, who takes the blame for that? It's not going to be Scott Duxbury, it's not going to be Gino Pozzo, um, and it's not going to be Troy or Horelio Gomez. You know. Over the Hornet, he's been getting a lot of blame this week, Mike. A lot, a lot of blame this week. You've done it, you've brought a smile to my face. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, does this then come back down to, you talk about being a good disciplinarian, but are we back to the fact that he can't talk English? Is that the problem? Can he not get that across? If I'm giving someone a, I'm not going to swear, uh, a rollicking, yeah. Talking to. Um, a talking to. You want to do it face to face. If he's having to do it to people through an interpreter, it loses all all meaning, all effect. Because that's actually, that's the interesting thing that John also said in the pub. He said, um, have we watched Behind the Badge? And he sort of said, look at that. He, rec- he called him an old, an old footballing manager. I can't remember what he said now. But, he, yeah, he, looked, he was old school. And, it, it, yeah, he, didn't, he, he said yeah. from, from seeing didn't, that, didn't write. I don't think he used the word dinosaur, but I think that's what he was, he was getting at and, and sort of referenced his record in Italy as sort of being average, a bit of success with Napoli. Um, perhaps, I don't know, part of me thinks average Serie A manager when we want to be an average Premier League team, that... that that's probably fine, but he can't sit on his laurels and think that he just has to turn up and, and, and job done. So, yeah, he's 
how does he react to adversity? Because he's certainly in an adverse situation at the moment. It's pretty simple. We're away at Stoke in the week. I, I don't know anyone who'd put any money on Watford. That's that's the exact opposite of the result of the of the fixture we'd want. Then we've got a tough cup game at home to Burton, who will be absolutely licking their lips at get a, getting a chance to rip into this bunch. So lose to Stoke. Don't, you know, hopefully we'll bounce back. Hopefully we'll get a, um, a result. And you know, nothing nothing would surprise me. This is Watford after all. But if he loses that and then doesn't perform well against Burton, you can sort of kind of, well, then you've got Middlesbrough at home we need to, and you don't pick anything up there. And, uh, you know, Matt, Matt Rousen in, uh, continues to do excellent, excellent work with his, uh, with his writing. Do check it out. Um, uh, be happy. Absolutely wonderful. But he, I think last, uh, after the Palace game, he referenced sort of uh, relegation concerns as preposterous or something he basically dismissed relegation concerns which you know is fine we're on we're on a decent amount of points and we are a long way clear of of a lot of terrible teams however we don't want to be down in sort of 16th games ticking off with us picking up a point every three games and everyone then it only takes so we're not we're not far off being in, in in some serious trouble here i think we're 12th or 13th at the moment which you know for for a second term um, Premier League club like, like the size of ours I think is, is absolutely acceptable is fine but it's just the bad performances are atrocious they're not just oh we missed out I think the only game Chelsea we were, we were a touch unlucky we could have got something on Every, the other games we've lost we've been we've been poor and, and really poor um, and that's against the top clubs that's against the middling clubs and that's against the bottom clubs so there's some real concerns and the results are starting to stack up against us. The performances are starting to stack up against us and the behind the scenes stuff is starting to stack up against us. You can kind of draw your own conclusions. We know what the Pozzos are like. I think it's going to be a very, very interesting January. A podcast by Watford fans for Watford fans. This is from the Rookery End. Talking of January, uh, this is the last time for this season where we can bring in players. And there's been lots of talk, as there always are, this time of year. Rumours flying around. Again, Matt Rousen on Be Happy. He started his uh, his, his rumour list, let's call it, of, of all the players. And it's already stacked over 15, I think. Jay, so you've got to pick some areas for development and for bringing in some players. What areas are you thinking straight away, this is where we need players? I think there's three positions I'd want to fill um, defence, midfield, and attack, presumably. <laughs> uh, funnily enough, I think I think I'm all right with the defence. And we got players there that we know are fully capable, because the players, the likes of Britos and Prudil and Cathcart that were here last year, we know they are very good at defending. The obvious one, the Pereira replacement, that's already been talked about. We definitely need something there, something creative. I think, and I want, and I sort of talked about this earlier in the podcast, a kampu, a kampu competitor someone to give him a kick up his backside so that he has to start putting performances in to keep his place in the first team. Uh, almost uh, someone with his technical ability but with the drive and fight of a, of a Gediora. If you can put them two in a room together and they can spawn a... We should yeah. do, do like a fly experiment on them and try and yeah, <laughs> meld them into, into one. That'd be good. Um, there are, like I say, there are those, those positions and we, we can't sit here and say... And I'm, I'm never going to try and keep up with all the rumours and who go where and make sure I'm all across the, 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 the players, who they are and what they could do and what they could bring. No one ever knows, Mike, do we? Absolutely. This player's come in. It'd be great. 
They often aren't. Yeah, no, it's very, very difficult. I think we've all learned how, how many uh, transfer windows we've uh, we've sort of enjoyed because I think they are quite enjoyable <laughs> under the under Gino and the, the current regime because a lot a lot happens. But we've all learned not to try and second guess what's going to happen. I think Jason's absolutely right. I can't I can't argue with anything he suggests there. That we do need strength midfield. Like I say, is such a problem. I think we're we're so not there at all I mean it's the, it's the most you could argue it's the most important place on the pitch where games are won and lost you just need to be at it the whole time you don't want to give away possession and you need to make the most of the possession you do have and we're not doing either at the moment so Capu's been on on annual leave as far as I'm concerned for the last two months because there's no one there to no one there to push him which is which is hugely depressing yeah I don't know I think you know we need Isaac's successes never fit Akaka struggles with being fit because um, that's what you know that up front place could easily be made more competitive, fill that gap with the two players who just aren't playing enough. They just never fit. And uh, Jerome Sinclair, pff, the jury's out, isn't it? I don't think Matt Sari fancies him. He got a game today. but So really they've got to be looking at a, 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 a striker. And I wonder whether, you know, I've said in a, in a couple of bits of when people have asked me this, I've mentioned, you know, Berahino, whether we might go in for him, we just have to. We have to take a gamble because now, unfortunately, with the poor form, we're hard to sell again, and this is exactly where we didn't want to be. But we've got money. We're not, and they're not afraid to take a gamble. So I wonder whether they might might take a chance on Berahino, throw him in. He's got something to prove, um, on loan perhaps. But I, it, I, I think if we do take risks, I actually think I think they're going to go for loans rather than spending a silly amount of money. Let's try and get some players in on loan. Feels a little bit more puttery, yeah. and I think we're seeing where they're going to go. But yeah, let, let's go with some rumours. I'm not a big rumour fan, but <laughs> no. let's go with a couple of rumours that we can at least talk about to some level. Henry Lansbury making his way back. Either the first, I can't remember off the top of my head, either the first or second interview ever did on From the Recruit yeah. uh, with uh, Danny Graham back in 1972, <laughs> uh, whatever it was, we, we, we start this podcast. That was Angela Lansbury you interviewed then, not <laughs> That was it, right. Um, he sort of. <laughs> murder, she wrote. It was bloody murder today. <laughs> he, he ticks a couple of boxes, Lansbury. He's definitely gone away and developed. And um, I've got Forest supporting friends, and you know he is a, a key player for them. He's out of contract in, in uh, the summer. Um, he's British, so he doesn't cause any issues in terms of, of squad places. I sort of would like to see someone, if not maybe not him, someone like him come back. Though. I think the thing with Henry Lansbury is uh, the biggest argument against him, no Premier League experience, unproven Premier League footballer at, after quite a lengthy career, I suppose. We don't know. He's never, given, he's never had a chance in the Premier League, so it's a, I think it would be a low-risk signing. Mm. Potentially could do, a, could do a job. I think, um, I think Ben Watson, for example, is, is, is very unlucky not to have been around the squad more. There's no reason he couldn't be, surprise everyone and be you know, a, a, sort of a, a fairly solid 7 out of 10 every, every game. Which but Henry's more attacking than Ben. Yeah, yeah, I'm just using him as a sort of as a yardstick in terms of where people would view him. And you probably view Ben Watson as a top half championship player as opposed to a Premier League player. But he's very, very rarely let Watford down in the Premier League. And there's no, technically no reason that that Henry Lansbury couldn't be a similar, perhaps uninspiring, yet sensible signing. Especially when you take into account what's what's happening in their midfield at the moment. It's it's not exactly a a, a wealth of riches. You've got Valon Barami who comes in and does what he does very well. But apart from that, there's no real consistency in, in midfield at all. And if you're going to get 7 out of 10, 7 out of 10, 7 out of 10 from someone, then 
I'm not going to argue with it. The other one, which is really going to excite Geordie, is the return of Stephen Berghouse. It might not be now, but technically he will be coming back. Um, let's not basically dwell on, on Stephen. Um, he has played games and scored some goals in, in Holland. But him as an exciting, running, good crosser of the ball, Jason, hitting a big box. Yeah, I think so. And we, we sort of saw glimpses glimpses of him towards the end of last season and he looked alright and he looked like he could do a job for us but for whatever reason Kike didn't fancy him Kike didn't fancy a lot of players as as you say he has scored goals for final this season and to play for final they're one of the best sides in the Dutch league not a great league but a good side so you've got to be a half decent player to get in their starting 11 Uh, uh, say Amrabat today today he really wasn't anywhere near it no I think I think part of of that was because they knew that was our threat our single attacking threat Everton knew that and and they sort of closed him down really quickly it was that all long balls up to Deeney which they had mopped up all day as well Amrabat's off to the African Cup of Nations as well and I did wonder whether I mean that he, he took himself off injured because he was effectively trying to half foul and half shield the ball I mean it was the most typical of our, of our current malaise I think the way Amrabat got injured but he's off you know depending on how they do in the African Cup of Nations we might not see him for what a month five four games I think it was he might miss again there's there's one sort of bright spark over the previous previous couple of matches gone um, so and you look at Burkhouse. I think the thing for me with Berghaus is the fact that he has been getting game time yeah. he has been playing so when he comes over if he comes over he will be ready to go hopefully you know to, yeah. to hit the ground running and, um, and, and match fit and, and available so it seems a little bit left field but why not? I, think, I don't think it's left field. I think it would make perfect sense to, for Watford. That there's someone they know. He knows He knows the club. He'll have a point to prove. I think, as Jace alluded to, the uh, Eredivisie isn't the greatest division in the league in the, in the world. The Premier League is where it's at. He's got a, he'll want a, a point to prove. Um, I, I think Decore is going to go, and that'll free up a... a, a oh, actually, is Berghaus under? Sure. Ooh, I don't know about that. So, anyway, I think Decore will, will move away, um, freeing up a, a, a slot in the, in the squad. Um, so yeah, I think we've got we've got these we've got these players out there. Let's bring them back and let's utilise them because beggars really can't be choosers at this stage. From from today, we've still got another thirty days of possible recruitment. It's hopefully it will be done early, so these players can can get in, can get sorted, and rather and then, than last get minute injured. and then get injured, yes. But we'll see how the transfer window goes. We're not going to be all over the gossip, all over the rumours. Um, but when we think something's worthy talking about, um, then we'll have, a, we'll have a, a, a chat about it on From the Rooker End. Uh, thank you very much to everyone who's listened so far to the podcast I did with uh, Jim from Crystal Palace and uh, Adam, who's a Spurs fan. It's a different podcast. Uh, thank you for your feedback. It seems to be there, there's some merit in them and you do like hearing from, from other fans where they've got something to say and they know a little bit about Watford at least, um, rather than just being a, a random another person on. Also, Mike, we had the, 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 the discussion we had trying to find the in the last podcast the uh, Ballon for the best player of the last 12 months. The nominees, the final three, were Gomez, Amrabat and Britos. Jason said Britos, I said Amrabat, because it was hard to find someone else who'd done well over the entire calendar year. You said Gomez, and the winner was? The winner was, of course, because <laughs> uh, the listeners are sensible, upward, correct-thinking people. It's Aurelio Gomez, naturally. Congratulations, Aurelio. Well done, mate. Uh, the fourth winner of the uh, Ballon uh, that we have 
uh, been given out for the last four years. Uh, if you're listening to radio, there is no actual prize. <laughs> no. You just get to bask in the uh, in the relative warmth and glow of what is a very prestigious audio award. We'll, uh, we'll give you an extra clap next time you walk around the rookery end at the end of the game. Okay. Yeah, well done, big fella. Well deserved. Uh, we, we already touched on the next couple of games, Mike. I think the, the overall thing is we need to get some sort of results. We need something starting to happen. And I think that's all we can hope for, really. Yep, oh, absolutely. Never, you know, this is they're going to test uh, our resolve is about to be tested. Stoke away is a on a weeknight is a difficult enough um, test as it is, but on the back of some dodgy results and a, a bad, bad couple, of, a bad phase really in in the season, it's going to be very ta- taxing. There's going to be probably a, a relatively small crowd for Burton, so the atmosphere is going to be down for that one. They'll be absolutely relishing in the opportunity to, to snap into us. So. Yeah, we absolutely, you could argue that talking about injuries and suspensions a cup runs not what we need, but at this stage of the, of the season, we just need to find that winning feeling again, um, get some sort of momentum going, try and get some sort of settled team, get the January business done. And, you know, we're in 13th, we're not in a bad position, but I think we'd be very, very um, amiss if we weren't remiss, if we weren't sort of pointing out some of the those fractures that are starting to look like bigger, bigger cracks in the in the current sort of Watford mould, if you like. Um, and yeah, you're absolutely right. The, the simple thing is we need to start getting results. We need to start putting together decent performances and we need to start seeing more from these players who we know have it in them. It's there somewhere, whether it's Matsari that sorts it, who knows. Um, we're going to find out, like I said, it's going to be a very, very interesting January. We'll be here with Honor Weekend on a weekly basis. Thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe uh, and keep following us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, we're at What for Podcast. <sighs> I'm going to ask him to do a come on your horns, Jason, but do you reckon we're going to get a good one for Mike? Yeah, of course we will. He's, he's still, whatever happens, he's still a Watford fan. Okay, Mike, go, you, you've got to do the, the final come on your horns. For heaven's sake. Come on, you on it! <laughs> <laughs>